welcome to another episode of Expressions the Podcast. We have something actually quite different today. Uh, we're doing a uh, dual guest episode uh, with two uh, TikTok um, uh, guests. Um, today uh, we have Danny Loves Pasta, or Danny, <laughs> uh, on the show. Uh, and I'm super excited to get into this conversation uh, with uh, you. But uh, before I do that, Danny, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm feeling good. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you on, and I'm uh, very grateful uh, that you're all up for uh, being on uh, as a guest on our show. So happy. Definitely. It should be fun. Okay. I'm very happy you're here, too, but I'm also glad I just ate something because, as I mentioned <laughs> to you a few minutes ago, we start talking about pasta and food uh, on an empty stomach. Not a good idea. So uh, <laughs> really, really looking forward to this. I saw some of your, the work that you do. What a, what a twist, literally, a pasta <laughs> that you do. Love it. Super that awesome. will be the first bad joke of the day, by the way. <laughs> it's All right. the story of my life. This is what I'll I be do. ready for them. I'll be ready. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to switch over the screen here. And uh, if you could start the screen share, Brian. Go for it. All right. Here is a little video I'm sharing um, from uh, Danny's uh, TikTok feed. It's his intro video, so here we go. My name's Danny and I'm a colorful and creative fresh pasta videos on TikTok. My husband and I have a baby and I work full-time as a legal aid attorney. So making pasta has been a really important way for me to have some time just for myself. I make pasta in honor of my grandmother. Last Christmas was the first time I didn't spend the holidays with her. So I decided to make her traditional pasta recipe. Two days after Christmas, she was rushed to the hospital and she ended up passing away. It was really devastating and I found myself in the kitchen a lot late at night, cooking and grieving and thinking of her. I like to think that every time I'm adding some weird ingredient to pasta or coming up with a wild idea, she's getting a little kick out of it somewhere and giving me a smile. So as somebody who doesn't know anything, what's the, the ball that you're holding there? Is that, so that's just what you eventually roll into a pasta? Yeah, so most of my videos are me making fresh pasta from scratch. So that is a ball of pasta dough, which is usually just eggs and water. And then, you know, I add in different ingredients to color it or whatnot, but... The basics are just um, flour and egg, and that's the dough ball. You let it rest, and then you shape it however you want. Okay, right on. How did you get into pasta? Like, is this something you've always done? Have you always been a cook, or is, uh, is you got a, a new thing and thought you'd just go for the pasta? Yeah, no, I'm not. A, I've not always been a cook. Um, I've always eaten a lot of pasta. It's always been <laughs> my favorite food. Um, you know, since I was a kid. Growing up, we ate a lot of pasta, but it was more, I came from an, an Italian-American family that was always cooking tomato sauce every Sunday, and we'd eat it all the time, but I never really got into making fresh pasta until this year. Um, one of my family's Christmas traditions was to make, um, do we lose Aurora? Lost Aurora. Uh, she'll, she'll probably be back. Her <laughs> probably froze up. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the joys okay, yes. of technology. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, so I, I, I just got started last Christmas. Um, you know, I was cooking because of COVID. I wasn't going home for Christmas. And traditionally, my grandmother would always make fresh pasta for Christmas. And so I wanted to sort of recreate all of the family dishes for myself and my, my family. And um, I decided to make fresh pasta. I really loved it. It tasted great. Um, a few days after Christmas, my grandmother went to the hospital and she ended up Ooh. passing away. And I was just cooking a lot. I was cooking a lot of pasta. 
I guess sort of in her memory and her honor to feel close to her. Um, and so I started posting the videos on TikTok. And originally I was just kind of doing basic pasta dishes. I was not doing anything wild, but the more I did, the more TikTok kind of pushed me to be more creative, add different colors, make different shapes, do different techniques. So kind of snowballs from there. What do you mean TikTok pushed you to be more creative? Um, I owe a lot to sort of this broader TikTok community, the people who follow me, the people who leave me comments. I get a lot of ideas from strangers or people who follow me or people I've sort of connected with who leave me comments and say, you should, you should try this, you should try that. Um, some of them are kind of out there. Like for a while, someone kept writing, you should try Oreo pasta. You should try Oreo pasta. Hmm. And finally, one day I did grind up some Oreos and make that into pasta. Um, and it was kind of fun. Um, kind of mind blowing just, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It worked. Um, I think there's it an works. element of, <laughs> there's an element of TikTok of really pushing yourself, at least for me, pushing my creativity to go farther. You know, after I had done basic pasta videos, I was like, all right, what's next? Like people are responding to this, but how do I go further? And once kind of my mind started thinking, it's like everywhere I went, I was thinking, what should I do? Is this, could I make this into a pasta? Like I was looking at different techniques. I look at different artists and see what they do. And I just, I don't know, I just try and incorporate it into my videos. Was that a, a pressure you put on yourself? Like, did you ever feel like, oh, I, I, I'm tired of doing this. Like I, I can't come up with new ideas or like, how do you keep yourself motivated to keep, just keep going? The hardest part of it, honestly, is definitely finding enough time to do it. I have way more ideas than I could ever do. I keep a list in my phone of all the ideas. Well, that's There's cool. so many things I've been wanting to do, and I, I just don't have the time. You know, I, I have a one-year-old daughter. She takes up so much of my time. I'm like trying to do this during nap time. So that's the biggest barrier is just finding the time and energy to do it. You have a one-year-old daughter. Does that mean your daughter came around after you started your TikTok videos? Because you say you started um, around a year ago? Yeah, so she was a few months old when I started. Okay. So you actually so I, started your TikTok right when she was born, like right in the craziest time of a baby's life. It was or a parent's life with a baby, let's say. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of a rough time to start it looking back because my grandmother had just passed away and my parental leave was ending. Like the week my grandmother passed away, I went back to work. And that's the time when I started the TikTok account and started making all these videos. So Wow. Maybe that was all part of it. I was just kind of, I don't know, I had a lot going on and this was my outlet to do something different um, and be a little bit more creative, but it all kind of came together during that time. Interesting. Well, I was going to say, it sounds like it was a huge release for sure. And I imagine just to add to Brian's question too, the tools that TikTok adds just in its video editing ability and all the, I haven't gone big into TikTok. I've never made a TikTok yet. I don't know if that's what you call them, <laughs> but uh, I know that the uh, the video editing capability in there is, is insane. Yeah, I would say a lot of what I do or my videos, it's not just about the pasta I'm making. Or it's not just about coming up with a, you know, wild new idea, but it's more, it's also about how it all comes together in a video. I mean, the videos are short, 30 seconds, how you can show the story quickly, how you can grab people's attention. And I think the more I've gone along, I've tried to show more of my personal life or my personality and to try to make it a little bit more, more of a connection with people. So it's definitely sort of a marriage of the, the cooking and the sort of video aspect of it. And Do you awesome. find... Do you find making videos on TikTok is easier to get a following than on YouTube or anything like that? Like we've been doing this show for 
uh, since April. Um, we have 77 followers, 77 subscribers as of this minute. Um, mm -hmm. After this, we'll hopefully have 5,000, but no, anyway. <laughs> but point, point being, you have over 500,000 followers, I believe, on TikTok. Am it's, I right in that? I think it's around like the 460 mark or something. Do you uh, feel the growth around is 600 so or so? 600. Wow. Okay. Okay, wow, so I, I, I had a lot of growth in the last week. I got probably a hundred thousand new followers. So it wow. is, the growth can be very explosive. <laughs> That's fantastic. How does that happen? Do you is it keywording? Is it like how do you how do you get your videos seen? Yeah, so I'm not an expert on how TikTok works, but the way the algorithm works is it can show even if you are very small. When I even when I had zero followers, it can show your videos to a lot of people who it thinks would be interested in them. And if people are watching the video and commenting and responding to it, then it'll show it to more people. So I, you know, in the last week I had a few videos that got four or five, six million views and that wow. brought a lot of new followers. Um, but then I have videos that, you know, get a tiny fraction of that. Like it's very up and down. I have weeks where I, I'm flat and I have weeks where I grow and it's just kind of the way it works. Do you pay attention a lot to your follower list? Like in the sense of, do you watch it grow or do you somebody who just enjoys doing what you do and interacting with everybody? Good question. Um, I don't follow it super closely. Right? I guess I would say it doesn't guide the types of stuff that I make or the types of videos I produce because I'm just trying to do things that I think are interesting and I think people will like. Um, I follow it because I think it gets pretty interesting to see sometimes what videos people respond to or or sometimes you have a video that does very well, but you don't get very many followers from it. And then I have a video that does just as well and I get 100,000 followers from it. And what I've noticed is people tend to follow you more if they feel connected to you. And you're, it's a video where you're sharing your story, like the introduction video that you played at the beginning, that got me a ton of new followers because I was sort of telling my story about who I was. Um, whereas sometimes a video that just shows the pasta and I'm not in it at all, people like it, but it doesn't really get you very many followers. And so it's not just about trying to get followers, but I, I always kind of notice that too, like, you know. Yeah, I feel like on social media in general, it's an important to like show yourself because there's lots of people doing all sorts of d different things on social media. Um, we had actually Eat Famous, um, who has an Instagram um, on food uh, on our show um, in one of our earlier episodes. And he talked about, uh, you know, the one thing that he could do different is show himself and be himself because there's lots of food accounts out there um and when you are able to tell your story uh you can connect people uh, connect with people on a different kind of level um and that was one of the first things i said like i love i love your story i love that your uh grandmother inspired you uh to to uh to get into this and um you know uh, it kind of helped you you know grieve and um and you got to also do uh, try a bunch of new and creative recipes. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's just amazing. Uh, one question I actually have is um, your content is, is about the food. So um, how do you, because I, I, I think you've come up with so many different unique kind of pastas, like the succulent pasta is just so cool looking. It 
looks real. I've seen like the, the video where you cook the succulent pasta and it looks just the same. It holds just the same. Um, but then I also saw you've done like a strawberry, like flavored mm. pasta. So it's the colors and the shapes, but also the flavor is different as well. So can you speak a little to like how you come up with these different kind of ideas? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I, the ideas kind of come from all over the place. Like I said, a lot of ideas do come from people leave me comments and say, try this, try that. Um, the strawberry, I, the strawberry pasta was kind of part of a trend on TikTok. There was a big brief period where there's a lot of talk about strawberries and cream. Uh, so I did that as a pasta. So a lot of ideas come from TikTok. I get a lot of ideas from um, like people who work with clay, clay artists. They do a lot of really cool things with clay. And sometimes I look at that and think, well, could that be carried over to pasta? Um, just the designs just, in general. Yeah, the designs and the colors and things like that. Um, so you see the pasta material as a clay itself, as a moldable thing. Yeah, like yeah I think it's pretty similar to, to sort of the polymer clay work that people do with jewelry and things. Um, I recently did your mother did ever video. teach you don't play with your food? <laughs> your... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. There's number two. There's number two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, well, yeah. I don't even Dad know jokes. I'm doing it. I'm horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, it really just comes from all over. So I just did a video where I did some origami with pasta. Um, like the succulent one just came one day when I was at the store and I saw this little thing actually for decorating cakes to make little succulents on cakes. And I thought, could I somehow make a pasta out of that? So it just comes from, I don't know, walking around and thinking about pasta all the time, which sounds weird, but that's what it is. It's what you do. Yeah. It's what you do. Is this your I'm curious, video? sorry. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I was just wondering, are you doing TikTok full time? Is that like your your main gig at this point? Um. Well, I'm a lawyer by training and spent a number of years as a lawyer at a nonprofit as a basically a tenants rights lawyer for for tenants who are losing their homes and oh, good for you I was doing that from you know from home because of covid and raising our daughter my husband also works from home and it was quite difficult <laughs> so actually just last month I, I took a leave of absence for a year from my job as a lawyer so now I'm kind of a full-time stay-at-home dad slash doing TikTok when I have time and making videos during nap time and things like that. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, were you a creator before this or, or is this like the first thing that you've done as a creator, like a, a social influencer or so? I was not um, that big on any social media platform before this. And I was kind of the type of person who throughout my life always like started creative projects, but they only lasted for a few weeks or a month. And then I, <laughs> I gave up on them. Uh, so I've always tried to have some sort of outlet because being a lawyer, you know, it can be very dry and can be very uh, analytical. And so I was always trying to keep some sort of creative aspect going, but nothing ever really lasted <laughs> as long as this has. Well, you can eat this. So, I mean, that helps. <laughs> that <does> help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was kind of curious because you said earlier about uh, you're looking for things that would work with pasta. Have you found anything that hasn't worked with pasta quite yet? Because the strawberry one to me sounds like it might not work, but I, I have no idea. There's definitely things that I have made that I thought that did work, like turn into a pasta, but I have not made them again because they were not the best to eat. So the strawberry one, 
definitely had a sweet taste to it. Um, like one time I made pasta out of goldfish crackers, which was like I'm a glad you said food. crackers because that would be <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But if you ever explain that again, hesitate after goldfish. Just take a nice long pause. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but stuff like that that I kind of do, and they're they're fun, and um, I think people like to see them because they're kind of like, oh, will this work? Will this work? Um, you know, they're not things that I'm making for dinner every night. Yeah, yeah. So there's been more than a few that, like, as great as they might look, you go, oh, the taste of that was just not on par with the or the presentation. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of feel like. Pasta should not taste like goldfish crackers. Yeah, pasta should not taste like Oreos. <laughs> it's kind of, it was a fun experiment, but. Um, oh, you did an Oreo one too? I did an Oreo one. Wow. That was when I was saying that someone who was commenting like every day, like make Oreo pasta, make Oreo pasta. So I was saying that I get a lot of ideas from people commenting and I, I've done, you know, I'll take suggestions anytime. So I won't necessarily always do them because I don't have time, but if there's a fun one out there, I'll definitely give it a shot. Very cool. What's your favorite? I'm gonna be so brainstorming far? by the end. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. What, what's your favorite pasta that you've made so far? Um, well, the one that people have responded to the most was the succulent pasta that Aurora was talking about, which is basically like a ravioli shaped like a little potted plant. Um, mm. that was a really fun one to make. Um. Although, to be honest, some of my favorite ones to make are the traditional pasta shapes like tortellini or rigatoni that I feel like, even though I've done them multiple times, I, I, I always want to perfect them because those are like the classic ones that, you know, Italians have been making forever. So I really want to get my technique right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just still learning. So those ones I'll practice. They don't always make it to a video, but I'll just practice the shapes and, and really see if I can make them, you know, as good as I can get. Do you just have pasta for dinner on normal nights or is this not a thing anymore? <laughs> uh, yes, we have it a lot in my freezer. There's a ton of fresh all frozen now pasta that I've made. Um, I think maybe one thing people who see my account would be surprised because people ask me that a lot. How much pasta can you possibly eat? A lot of, a lot, multiple times a week, I make fresh pasta. That's just regular. You know, I don't make a video of it because it's just a regular pasta that I just cut into strips and we eat that a lot. <laughs> um, okay, my more importantly, my daughter likes it too. More importantly, then, how often do you order pasta when you're out? <laughs> um, I grew up going to kind of those old school Italian restaurants, and I still love going to them. And I always get pasta and meatballs. So Danny loves pasta, guys. I'm starting <laughs> to learn that. I'm starting to realize. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. That's awesome. I'm curious because you say you you make like a regular pasta on a regular basis. What goes into your regular pasta dough? I've done a little bit of uh, pasta making myself. My my boyfriend is half Italian, um, and uh, I've learned a little bit from his nonna. Uh, she makes fresh gnocchi and other um, pastas and stuff like that. Um, and I have a pasta machine so I've done a little bit of pasta making but it is quite difficult <laughs> um, especially if you don't really know what you're doing um, so I'd like to know kind of like what goes into your, your basic pasta for anybody yeah I, I made some today actually there's just a basic pasta dough so for me it's just I just do eggs and flour 
it's just a simple ratio, one egg per 100 grams of flour. So depending on how many people I'm feeding or how many I'm making that night, I may do three eggs or four eggs or five eggs. Um, you mix them together and then you knead them into a dough. And then I have a pasta machine. So I usually just run it through the pasta machine, cut it into trips and that's it. So it's, it's not super fancy in terms of the ingredients, um, but it always tastes good. So, yeah. That sounds good. The, the way that I've tried it has always been just flour and water, but mm -hmm. I find that that can be very, sometimes hard to like manage. So I wonder if the egg texture is maybe a little bit different. That's interesting. I'll definitely try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually just did some flour and water dough yesterday. So it's definitely, you could definitely do that. Um, it, the eggs help kind of with the structure. So if you're running it through a machine, I think working with eggs is better. If you're doing just flour and water and you're kind of shaping it with your hand or something, then that usually works great. But to run it through the machine, I, my personal opinion is that adding eggs definitely helps with that. Cool. Now cool. making the pass is only half the battle though, like sauces, fillings, things like that. Um, how much experimenting do you do with those things? Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of uh, ravioli with filling. Um, I have experimented with a few, but my general go-to is just a cheese filling, ricotta and Parmesan cheese. Um, I did that a lot. Probably, probably, I should probably expand on that, but in most of my videos, if it's, <laughs> there's a filling, it's just a cheese filling. And sauces, um, my personal favorite is just a regular tomato sauce, so I use that a lot. But if I'm doing one of my, I don't know, a pasta that has a lot of colors in it or something like that, I don't want to cover it with a bunch of red sauce, so I usually do just a brown butter and sage sauce, um, mm -hmm. just pretty simple. So I would say that is an area that I definitely need to push myself into is kind of the final plate, the sauces, the fillings, all of that. Uh, yeah, know, that's, some, that's somewhere I want to go. So with the strawberry pasta, I know that strawberry basil is like a great combination. Uh, so I was thinking, oh, that, that might actually, like I'm not, I wouldn't normally think to put strawberry in pasta but I've had that combination before and it always tastes really well. So I wonder what could be done with like a basil sauce. So I might even try to make a strawberry pasta and, and play around yeah. with that. That's kind of cool. Now, Danny, you were, you were kind of saying that the, the strawberry was really the one of your favorites as far as flavors go. It was sweet and it didn't really kind of, uh, am I reading that wrong or? Um, it was an interesting flavor. I would say that. I would say there's a lot of things that you add to pasta, spinach or beets or whatever, that don't really affect the final flavor of it. Like the flavor kind of like washes out when you boil it. The strawberry one definitely still had a sweet strawberry flavor. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you could definitely taste the strawberries in that one. Hmm. Interesting. Are you doing it's a got me so curious. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Right. I said, it's just got me so curious. So curious. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. Are you going to do a, a, a recipe book with all your different things that you've done? Um, or a book's not a thing anymore. I don't know. Yeah, if, if any place asks me to do that or a publisher wants me to do it, I'm totally down for that. Um, one of my goals is to um, at least put all my recipes up on a website because, you know, if people want to check them out. If people want to try them, I'm happy to share anything I've created. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm just learning as I go. So I'll share anything I've created. So 
it's been on my list of things to do for a while is to kind of at least put a basic res uh, website up with some recipes. So once I find time, I, I like to do that. I yeah, having a one-year-old cool. daughter at home, it's pretty hard to uh, find time. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> it's, it's, that's the hardest part. Absolutely. Yeah. The finding the time. Well, I'm so Speaking glad you, time. yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad you've been able to find the time and, and we're getting close to the end of our time slot. Um, I did either of you guys have any final questions for Danny before we get into our last three? Um, I mean, not necessarily a question. I just know you said earlier that you live New York, you grew up near New York and near Albany. Um, I'm served a lot of time living in New England myself, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and uh, Vermont mostly. And all I can say is uh, I love New York, and going to Albany has a lot of fond memories for me because I saw Rush in Albany mm. when I was younger, and that was just my first concert ever, and it was awesome. Uh, so. You know, I know you're you're back in in New England now, and you've lived in a bunch of different places. But if you could live anywhere in the world, anywhere that you could possibly live, would it be related to your pasta world, or would you stay where you are right now and be perfectly okay? Uh, well, I guess you know, I'd love to live in Italy at some point. I've been there on vacation, but <laughs> I I've never spent much time in there. Um, but I, I'm definitely a New Yorker. I love now I'm outside of the city, but I love living in New York city. So and my family is still kind of local to this area. So I'm very happy you know, just being in the New York area. Awesome. awesome. And, and I, would, I would love to live in the city again because I, I love living in New York city. So yeah, definitely. You're a city boy. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm a country guy. The Vermont was like the best for me. So, but that's cool. That's cool. It's really cool. All right, Aurora, go ahead. Or oh, Ryan, um, unless you had anything you wanted to ask. Sorry. Ryan, I'm really far behind right now. I think I lagged out extremely hard, so I, I kind of missed that. I don't know if I if I've caught up again. I think I've caught up. You've caught up. I yeah. think we're all back on the mm -hmm. same page here. <laughs> okay, <have> perfect. <laughs> questions for Danny? <laughs> okay, he's lagging the again. Lag. <laughs> the lag. <laughs> um. Uh. So. I actually have one last question before we get into our final three. Um, uh, as somebody who's kind of into photography, experimenting a little bit with social media and stuff like that, um, I saw you have quite a few different techniques of how you shoot your videos. Uh, so first part of that question would be, do you use your phone to shoot? Do you use something else to shoot? Um, and uh, like, kind of like what's your setup for, uh, uh, for shooting? Yeah, so I'm definitely not an expert in this. I've just learned as I've gone. Um, most, basically all the videos I film on my iPhone, I have either a tripod that's kind of overhead looking down or I film it head on and then I edit it together. Um, I do have a digital camera that's probably six or seven years old. Um, so sometimes I take pictures from Instagram with that camera, um, but most of the videos are just stuff from my phone. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I saw some of your like Instagram pictures of like things like the, the pasta and the origami. And I saw that like shallow depth of field look that you had on the pictures. And I was just curious if you use that for your videos or, or just some of the photos, whatever it may be. So that's very yeah, that's, interesting. Yeah. That's my camera. That's just, I mean, so far it's just for the photos. I've, I would like to get better quality video and use that for my videos, but I'm just not a, uh, 
I'm not quite skilled enough videographer yet to do that. Yeah. So maybe, maybe one day. That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, another thing that I was kind of curious about in that is you had this shot of, I think it was a pinwheel pasta where it looked like all the pasta was moving. So uh, just like, again, from a photographer's standpoint, like, is that kind of like a time-lapse thing where you individually move it or uh, how did that work? Cause I know TikTok has a lot of editing possibilities and a lot of uh, things that you can do in the app, but I'm just curious how you, how you film that. Yeah. Um, that was just um, me taking a photo, moving it slightly, taking a photo, moving it slightly, taking a photo, moving it slightly, and then editing it all together and speeding it up. So it looked like it was kind of stop motion-y. Um, Good idea. Uh, I like cool. that. I, I like to use that technique again, if, if I, if I can. Um, but yeah, it was just pretty, pretty simple. I just, yeah. I had just had an app on my phone to edit it together and, and sped it up. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's crazy I, I you think, do all that on your phone. That's yeah. Just wild. Mm -hmm. The technology is amazing now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's oh, really great. Okay. Um, not sure where Ryan's gone, but uh, I think he's still dealing with technical difficulties. Uh, but we have three questions at the end of all our shows that we like to ask our guests. Um, uh, one of them you already know. Uh, but I'll kind of end off the video on that one. Uh, okay. The other, the other two are um, unless you've watched one of our uh, podcasts before, listened to one of our podcasts before, you probably don't know. Uh, so the first one is, what's your jam? What's your song that uh, you can always listen to, no matter what mood you're in, uh, that helps you get going in the morning, um, maybe puts you in a creative mind space? What's that go-to song? Um, so I hope this answers the question. It's not <laughs> one particular song, but the biggest thing that we play and that I play with my daughter and before our daughter is Broadway show tunes in our house. Um, awesome. it's just the type of song that you can sing along to. That's really what I'm looking for. It can get you going, you can sing along, you know, all the words and, um, you know, just, I guess being a New Yorker, I've been to a lot of Broadway shows and I, I like the energy. So uh, that's usually what I put on if I need that's, a boost of energy. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite show or a favorite? Um, um, probably one of the favorite shows that I saw is a show called Next to Normal, which has not been on Broadway for a while, but it was uh, just a really beautiful musical with really beautiful songs. Awesome. Nice. Check it out. Cool. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love uh, musicals and that kind of thing, so... I, I'd be really into checking that out because I've, I've not heard of that one. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Awesome. Uh, the next uh, question is uh, in the world of photography, because um, I'm, I'm a photographer, Brian's a photographer, um, one of our other hosts, um, Mark is a photographer. Uh, there is a lot of people who do these like what's in my bag videos. Um, this is kind of a little bit of a different question than that, but what would you find your tool of the trade is? What is the thing that you go to? It can be real, like a physical object, or it could be, you know, a state of mind, whatever it may be. What is your tool that you need that you use to create? Um, I guess I'm thinking of <laughs> two different things. Maybe one is a physical thing and one is not a physical thing. So sure. sort of the, 
physical type tools, um, you know, with what I do with pasta making, sometimes it looks complex, but you do not need anything fancy. You don't need a fancy pasta machine. And what I absolutely love is this kind of, this knife I have that has a little wheel. So, you know, it's like a pastry roller, you push it through. And I feel like you can create so much with just one tool. You can create so many shapes, you can create so many different, uh, you can use so many different techniques. So it doesn't take anything fancy. It's just one little knife and you can do so much. Um, and then the other tool is um, for me, you know, I, I work in the kitchen because that's where all my videos are. And we have sort of this open house, so open floor plan. So there's always a lot of commotion if you're in the kitchen. So uh, what I love, which I don't always get, is just like a quiet period of time. <laughs> just an hour when my daughter is napping <laughs> and there's no, nothing else going on and the dog's not barking. If I can get just a little bit of time to focus, um, that goes a long way. Yeah, That's that awesome. makes sense. <clears throat> nice quiet prepared time where you can just do your mm -hmm. own thing not have distractions all over the place love it right mm -hmm. yeah. helps you plan out or you know even just like take a moment of peace yeah totally and i also like how <laughs> your physical tool was the 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 knife with the wheel i've seen those and you know it's not something that people think is a very flamboyant or special tool or something but you're right it's always those tools that are um surprisingly simple that can be the most functional if they're in the right hands. It's just like in photography, <clears throat> you know, a 50 millimeter prime lens is one of the most functional lenses I think there are. And yet it's just no zoom, nothing fancy costs a hundred bucks, you know? Um, yeah. I, I love that concept of not going too mm -hmm. crazy with specialty stuff, something, keep it simple. And, and it does a great job. And definitely, I feel, definitely. I feel like that, uh, you know, people knowing if they're wanting to get into trying to make their own pasta, they don't need to invest in like an expensive pasta maker uh, to actually try out your recipes. Like this simple little tool that can be found pretty much anywhere. Or even as you were saying, just like a knife, you could make so much with uh, in different shapes and sizes with a, such a simple tool. So that's, that's what I tell people because people sometimes comment like, you know, I want to try, I don't have a pasta machine. I'm like, don't spend 50 bucks or hundred bucks on something you may never use again. You don't need that if you're just starting out or you may not need that ever. Just kind of experiment. You can do it with what you have already in your kitchen. And you know, if you love it, then you can invest money in it, but you don't have to, to get started. That's awesome. Love it. That's awesome. All right. And the, the final question, which you already know. Um, so at the end of each one of our episodes, we ask our guests to issue a challenge uh, to our uh, listeners and our viewers uh, to, uh, you know, try something out. Uh, so Danny, uh, what is your challenge to our viewers? Yeah. So I was thinking of something that is really a good challenge that I would like to do. So maybe other people would as well, which is I'm going to challenge myself and I would challenge anyone else to to cook a dinner with at least one, maybe more than one ingredient that you've never cooked with before. And maybe it's a new flavor or something you've wanted to try, or you've tried it at a restaurant, but you've never used that in your own cooking. Uh, use a new flavor, a new ingredient and see what you can create. That's amazing. I love this challenge. It, it kind of reminds me of like different kinds of cooking shows where uh, they give these like really challenging ingredients to cook with. And a lot of these chefs maybe have never even use them before um mm -hmm. so it's uh, super super interesting i mean there's a lot of things that i haven't tried cooking with it uh because you know you know everybody kind of tries to stick to their comfort zone 
mm-hmm. when they're making mm-hmm. something, creating something, whatever it may be. Um, so just using something different than you normally would can totally mm-hmm. change the game. Yeah, it can change it from there Definitely. forward. I mean, trying all mm-hmm. kinds of new foods. I love it. I, I, I got to admit, I'm not a big cook. I'm blessed that my wife is a fantastic cook. Um, mm-hmm. I've tried and I'm, I've failed miserably at times, but I haven't burned the house down yet. So I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Um, try something I haven't done before. So thank you. Awesome. That's awesome. That's really, really great. So um, I guess Ryan, I can't get on, but uh, I, I just want to say thank you so much, Danny, for being on. I think this has been a really amazing episode. Um, I, I really, really love your content. I think, you know, as soon as I saw your page after my friend recommended it to me, I was just like, wow, this is really cool stuff you've got here. Very colorful, very different, unique, unlike things that I've seen before, like the succulent, the origami, different flavors. And uh, I really wanted you to be on this. And I I greatly appreciate you uh, being on the show. Um, and I'm definitely going to take your challenge as well. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I had a lot of fun talking with you and I'm really happy that you invited me on. Cool. I I just want to say before we let you go, uh, I also really appreciate you taking the time to be with us tonight. And I have to admit, I did not know how easy it could be to make pasta. I mean, it's just a few ingredients. I thought you had to be careful with the salt and this and the, that. And so it's definitely opened my mind up to the fact that this is something that anybody can do. And mm-hmm. I'm really actually mm-hmm. excited to try doing it myself. So thank you, Aurora. Thank awesome. you for this, for having Danny on. Um, I'm stoked that you came in, taking the time to spend with us. I really appreciate you. Yeah, definitely. I was happy to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so uh, thank you uh, again to our listeners. Thank you, Danny. Um, I really, really appreciate uh, you being on. And uh, uh, before I sign off, Uh, with this episode. I just want to say, if you like our videos, like our content, please uh, hit the subscribe button. Please like the video, uh, share it with other people you think you'd like. um, So we can kind of build up our, uh, build up our audience and that kind of thing. Before we get going, I I do want to say, Danny, where can uh, people follow you? Yeah, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. The same name is Danny Loves Pasta. Oh, one word. Danny loves pasta. Awesome. Beautiful. So definitely follow him. Check him out. Uh, he's got great uh, content. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care, everybody. back to another episode of Expressions, the podcast. I'm so excited today because we are trying something a little bit differently, where we're going to have multiple guests on one show. Uh, right now uh, with me, I have an amazing guest. Uh, his name is Gregor Reynolds. He's a digital creator, um, and he has some really cool, creative uh, comedy skits and that kind of thing that he posts on TikTok and Instagram. Um, he's done uh, as well on YouTube, um, which is really, really great. Um, so I'm super excited to have you here today, Gregor. Um, and yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's yeah. awesome having you here. Appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I know it's going to be a very short conversation, so I won't blab on right now, but it's very nice to meet you. And I've been watching a lot of your TikToks and really enjoying it. I've got a lot of questions. I hope we can get to some of them today. Yeah, thank you so much. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you. 
awesome. Um, so before we get into the discussion, I want to play uh, one of your uh, quick videos uh, just to get a sense of uh, what your channel is all about. <laughs> uh, I'm just pulling your leg. You're not actually pulling my leg, right? <laughs> no, it's just an expression. Who, who is pulling my leg then? Gregor? awesome i i just love that video um it's uh w when i was scrolling through your feed uh when i found out you're coming to visit the henry store i found that video and i just thought it was such a creative spin on a very common expression um and uh yeah i, I found that in a lot of your videos you take a very creative spin and pull it into a skit and uh, that's that's really awesome yeah, and I think I love vid doing videos like that, um, and I've done a couple of other ones, and those seem to all do really well. Those, like, common expressions that sound so normal, but then, like, there's a way to pull them, whether it be literally or just in a different context that makes them pretty, uh, or at least I'd like to think pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Definitely. something we've talked about a long time on our show is doing a whole show just on the origin of expressions, like where they've come from. Um, so many people don't understand what they mean and so on, but you're taking them in a different twist. You're looking at it in a completely different way. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Even like the lyric readings and the dramatic text readings that you do. Um, I was watching through some of those. In fact, one of them, you asked for a request. I have a request. If you could do Billie Jean from Michael Jackson, I think that would be very cool. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's a great idea. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Greg, or just uh, for people who don't know much about your channel and what you do, can you give us a little uh, description and uh, maybe how you kind of got into digital creation? Yeah. Um, so my name's Greg Reynolds, for all those people that are watching that uh, don't know who I am. I've been making videos online, uh, specifically short form videos, since I was 11 years old back in 2013. Um, started on Vine, making videos with my family, um, and we've been lucky enough to continue making videos. Now I'm doing a lot of stuff on my own, um, but, uh, sorry, someone just walked in, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, been making videos for a long time with my family, and we're super grateful to be able to still be able to do it. Um, and now TikTok and Instagram and that kind of vertical video, 30-second format, um, is what's working for me. And it's something that I've always loved to do uh, since I was even pre-Vine. I was making YouTube videos about, I don't know, you guys know tech decks? They're like the tiny little skateboards that you use with your fingers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I was like in kindergarten, like using my dad's camera and computer to like film myself and edit videos together of me like doing tech deck tricks and stuff like that. Um, when so, yeah, in, I've always loved making videos. When you're in that kind of uh, mindset, a creative person, it starts at birth. I believe it. Like, I was tearing down stereo systems when I was four or five years old, uh, hooking up speakers. I get it. Um, it it's such a passionate thing, and, and it has to come out. How has mm -hmm. the pandemic uh, affected that? Has that brought you in? Has that brought it out? Like, how has that influenced you? Yeah. Um, the pandemic, I mean, I think it kind of worked in both ways. Um and I've definitely seen it. Uh, sources of creativity come in waves throughout the pandemic for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it definitely got tough uh, 
multiple times throughout uh, the pandemic being that like a lot of my video ideas often come from my real life experiences or at least the inspirations come from real life conversations or experiences. And that started to, I started to kind of like drain the well at a certain point because when I'm not, when all of my days were the same in like deep quarantine, I'd be like uh, scratching the back of my head, like hoping that I could pull some kind of idea from something. Um, but then at the same time, I think I've made some of my best and most favorite videos throughout the pandemic uh, for that exact reason that I'm kind of just essentially like just by myself, just constantly thinking like, what would make a good video Would this work Would this not and I'm being the my own uh, toughest critic, mm -hmm. I guess. And that is, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, I think. Definitely. Um, so I actually met you at Henry's for a content creation meeting and it was a really cool day, got to meet a lot of really cool people and um, I thought it was very interesting in the conversation um, that you were one of the main creators that used a DSLR and a mirrorless camera with interchangeable lenses. The fact that the platform that you're on, TikTok, is such a, a mobile device uh, kind of set uh, program. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you use a more high-end uh, system um, on TikTok? Yeah, I was actually yeah. going to ask about that, what gear you use, because it does look better than a cell phone, so, so I'll shut up. Yeah, I got <laughs> I have my camera right here, right behind. So um, gear-wise, specifically, I have the Canon 80D, um, and then also back at uh, my place in Stratford, um, which is where I'm from. I have a Sony, I forget the model, but a mirrorless camera. Um, and I have the 50 millimeter on here and a Joby okay. shotgun mic. Um, but yeah, and I think that comes from me always uh, loving to create videos that I, I kind of uh, got super into the equipment side of things at a young age. Um, so then when I kind of developed a following on these mobile first video platforms, it felt like natural um for me to kind of like show people that i can do these simple funny kind of stupid concepts but then also shoot them in a way that makes it look like uh more more grand than it actually is and i think it ca catches a lot of people's attention uh when they're scrolling through a feed that's mostly just iphone video um when they see something that actually has like um, a shallow depth of field is something that I use very frequently for that exact reason. It's to catch people's attention as they're scrolling by like, oh, this was this must have been shot on the iPhone 22, which is like always like a bunch of the comments in every single video. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so one common uh, discussion we get into a lot on the podcast is how uh, your friends and family have influenced uh, your creative journey. Um, I know from watching your videos, it seems like your family is quite involved in your creation. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, for sure. I'm very grateful um, and lucky enough to have been able to work with my family throughout the past uh however long it's been, oh, seven years now, which is terrifying. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And I think we all acknowledge that we're very lucky. And now we've kind of, we've developed like a good workflow. And since it all, we all started working together on these videos just kind of for fun. Um, 
it's made the workflow over the past six, seven years with like branded content and stuff like that super easy. All that being said, though, my family are like the last group of people that I will pitch an idea to because like and same with my dad, um, <laughs> because we know that like if we pitch a, a video concept to anyone in the family, it'll get shut down so quickly and you'll get like they're very harsh critics in there and for a good reason. Um, but sometimes I just have to go to my dad or my mom and be like, okay, I have an idea. Just trust me. We're going to go shoot it now and it'll turn out great. I can't explain it to you or else you won't do it. So don't give them any notice, <laughs> just kind of spring it on them and think it all yeah. out, get it all planned. And Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. And my dad definitely trusts me more with that. Now my mom doesn't necessarily love being on camera, which is hilarious because she's been doing it now for ever. Um, but she's definitely, I think, the toughest critic and the most skeptical when I come to her with a video idea. <laughs> That's good. I it's love... good that you have the harsh criticism, though. I mean, you need to have the the yin and the yang, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, one of my favorite videos on your TikTok feed is the one where you're showing your mom a video on TikTok and she's like confused <laughs> about it and she has all these comments and it just makes me die of laughter every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great example because I came up with that video idea based on real experiences where like I would show my mom something funny and she'd be like, what is this? Do I know this person? Who is this? And I'm like, no, it's just a funny video. Um, but pitching that video idea to her, she was like, I don't get it. I don't think it's funny. And I'm like, no, it is, but it's just about you. So you might not understand it. You got to see the bigger, the bigger vision. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Actually, I love the organization that you have and the feel of your, your thread. Uh, just, it's so easy to be able to know which video that you're doing. Cause you have the text above it. You have, you know, um, even for the, um, the dramatic readings, it'll say what song that they requested in the bubble at the bottom. It's very easy to, it's very digestible. Your channel is very digestible, which is, fantastic that's probably why you have so many viewers plus the content is so excellent i, I had a great time watching them yeah thank you so much and and i really do appreciate that because so, that's something that i've kind of been uh working on is uh having people be able to come to my page and and exactly that uh consume my content in a way that's very digestible and uh halfway between organized but also something that gives them that kind of like spontaneous feel still um yeah. yeah for sure that's something that i've been working on so thank you and very still much humble too and still humble i'll give you a little bit more credit because there's a lot of people who who get some degree of fame and then all of a sudden it turns into bling and this and that and you you have a, a nice comedy twist with this nice family feel and it's it, it, it that's what makes it so digestible i think it's just it mm -hmm. covers all those bases yeah thank you so much before we get into our last three questions, I've got one more question for you, and then I'll see if Ryan has any more. Um, I have too I... many. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have an hour's show worth, so I'm just going to have to cut some out. We'll get to it another time, hopefully. Cool. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on at another time mm -hmm. for sure. Maybe even for our expressions mm -hmm. episode. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I am curious if you have any like major role models or inspirations in your life that you draw inspiration, uh, from while creating your videos and your content. Mm hmm. Hmm. Um, there's definitely like, um, a bunch of YouTubers. So I like, I was talking about how I started posting YouTube videos, uh, when I was like six, seven, um, mm -hmm. 
so I had been watching YouTubers for a long time uh, before people my age really started realizing that YouTubers were like a thing. Um, so there were, there were definitely a bunch of early on inspirations. Um, no, and as far as the equipment stuff, like Casey Neistat, I was on Casey Neistat's vlogs like really early on. Um, and that was something that kind of pushed me even more to be like, oh, you can have like higher production quality on content that doesn't necessarily always have that kind of production quality and people enjoy that and it, it gives it a cool feel. Um, and then I think, uh, there's like numerous inspirations and I love TikTok now. Uh, it constantly gives me new people that I'm like, oh my God, they're posting four times a day and all of their videos are hits. Like how, how can I try to mimic this, uh, for my own page, but also have it be my own content, um, which goes back to the, like having your feed be, uh, super digestible and like laid out in a way that people understand what's going on as soon as they, um, arrive at your page. Um, yeah. And then an early on inspiration, uh, was a YouTuber named Ty Moss, uh, who is a tech YouTuber uh back in the day but also did daily vlogs back when not a lot of people were doing daily vlogs um and he was the one that kind of like put me on notice about vine being an app and vine was like kind of the start of everything for me and my family very cool very cool all right uh brian do you have one more question i do um you make a lot of videos do you feel pressure having to do that like do you have to do it every day do you have a schedule that you give yourself how far ahead do you plan like how big of a chore is that for you to come out with new content as often as you do? Yeah. Um, I try not to think of it so much as like a chore. Um, although sometimes it does feel that way. Um, but I think it really comes down to like balancing the line of like, what's actually fun for me to make and what do I think the, my, my followers want to see, um, or the general TikTok audience wants to see. Um, I am currently, as of the past month, uh, more behind schedule than I would like to be. So right now, I'm filming the day before, filming like two to three videos, and then editing them that night or the next day to post the next day, um, oh, which does make it slightly stressful. And that's something that I'm slowly working on, like filming an extra video per day, so that way I can start to get ahead of it again. Mm -hmm. um, so there is definitely that like background kind of stressor of if I miss a posting day or if I don't post X amount of times this day, then the next day of posting might not do as well and not as many people will see it. Um, but at this point, um, I'm lucky enough that I've been doing it for such a long time and I started at a, at a young age. So now it becomes, it's, it's, it's a routine now. It's a routine and it's something that I really enjoy doing. Nice. Um, and I don't think I would have it any other way. Like I love waking up and being like, what am I going to film today? What am I going to edit today? Uh, how am I going to change this up? Um, Very cool. And I hope I get to keep doing that. Yeah. I hope you do too. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's fun watching your videos. So I hope you keep Thank it you. Thank you. Awesome. So now we're uh, getting to the uh, just past 15 minute mark. Um, oh, so I'm going to wrap it up with our last three questions. Um, so uh, Gregor, uh, each episode, we ask our uh, our guests uh, three different questions. Um, first one is, what's your jam? What's the song that you love listening to that gets you pumped up, um, either in a creative mindset or get ready to work or even 
relaxes you or calms you? What's that song? Okay. Um, so I'll start by saying that a lot of music that I listen to, um, I'm listening to, to like hype me up. That sounds like awfully corny, but like get me <laughs> in that kind of creative mindset somewhere, like a place where I have more energy. Mm -hmm. um, I have to kind of have like uh, a bit more confidence when I'm thinking of these video ideas and getting ready to film them. So I think this is a tough question. I think my jam right now for that kind of setting and, and, and uh, making me feel a bit creative is probably this song called Shooter by Playboy Cardi and Lil Uzi Vert, which sounds hilarious. And it, it, it's a very like uh, SoundCloud rappy trap song. And it's very simple, but it's something that like every time I hear it, I'm like, okay, now I know it's go time. I got to like, kind of like get in this role. I already have my ideas planned out. I'm ready to go. Um, that gets you in the groove. And, yep, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Love it. Awesome. I'm going to look it up after this. Me too. Uh, yeah. I'm sure Ryan, actually, one of our other hosts, he couldn't be on today, uh, would love that too. He's mm -hmm. pretty into rap as well. So it's awesome. Um, and uh, the next one is, what is your tool of the trade? What do you need? Um, whenever you're trying to get into a creative space, whenever you're creating, um, it can be an actual tool, uh, something that you use, or it can be a, you know, a, a frame of mind or whatever it may be. So what is your tool of trade? Uh, hmm, a frame of mind. Okay, so can I give both? Can I give an actual tool and then also a frame of mind? It's your time, my um, friend. <laughs> we appreciate a, uh, it. Yeah. I'll here, let me grab this. Hold on. Uh, okay, so we were talking about how I've been using like DSLRs and kind of using higher production quality equipment for these mobile videos. And my current favorite tool um, that I just got like six months ago is this Sigma 18 to 35 oh, F1.8. Yeah. And it's F1.8 all the way through the 18 to 35, which is like perfect for the videos that I do because I'm frequently, at least on TikTok, trying to really get that shallow, shallow depth of field. Um, so yeah, actual physical tool wise, this. Um, and then frame of mind wise, I've been thinking about this recently. Um, it's kind of like a don't learn before you try, like try and then learn from it. Um, and that's something I've been applying to a lot of my content as I continue to like develop new series on my page and like figure out what works and figure out what doesn't. It's like I can spend all day writing down these ideas and like thinking in my head like, mm, maybe they'll like this, maybe they won't, maybe I'll try this. Um, but there's been a bunch of different videos that I've posted where I'm like, ha, ah, I don't really think this one is going to go. I don't think it's that funny. I don't think it's whatever. It pales in comparison to the rest of my videos, but then it that'll always be the video that like does way better than the rest. Um, yeah, we so, know yeah. that in photography too. The photos that yep. we really, really like would flop and all of a sudden something that we would think, yeah, it's just, you know, boring, whatever, and just boom. Yeah, exactly. You never and you I never think know what other people see in your work. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, the only way to, to learn those things is to try first and then go from there. Awesome stuff. Awesome. And that lens, I mean, of course, we both work at Henry's, so uh, yeah. we, know, we know that <laughs> lens very well. <laughs> it's really cool to hear you choose that one. Yeah. yeah. It's an awesome lens. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely it's amazing. A great tool. Yeah. yeah. How does it focus? Is it fast enough for your tracking and things like that? 
Um, so it is a bit loud, um, but I have been, uh, I have the shotgun mic on my camera right now, but I've been recording audio separately. Um, I have a set of labs in Stratford, but while I've been in Toronto, I've been recording audio just literally off my phone in my hand, just recording a voice memo or a separate video clip because that way I can get much clearer audio. But if I'm only using the shotgun, that Sigma lens, the focus does squeak pretty aggressively. <laughs> yeah. Wonder if we can get that back to Gentech and have them make that a lot, a lot, a little bit less noisy. Yeah, well, yeah. we could talk about that. Definitely. <laughs> cool. Um, and now, uh, before we wrap up, uh, the final question: um, Every one of our guests, um, basically, we ask them to uh, issue a challenge to our listeners or our viewers. Um, so, Gregor, what would you challenge uh, our viewers? Um, I think. I'll go back to that same kind of frame of mind, but I guess pose it as a challenge. Um, don't learn something, then try it. I think try it and then learn from that. Um, and so I think that you mean I didn't have to get my boater's license. I could have just get, yeah. got in the boat. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> that was two um, hours wasted time. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it applies in like a bunch of creative fields. Um, especially online right now, what being that everything is online and everything's to be published. Um, publish that thing that you weren't going to publish. Post it, read the comments, learn from that, and then just like keep going forward. Um, not to say that you should sacrifice uh, quality at the expense of quantity, um, but there, but there is online at least, there's a certain balance of that where you need to uh, figure out with quantity what becomes your quality if that makes sense. How long did awesome. it take you to figure out your style? Just one last question, if I could. Like, um, I know with a lot of videos that I've made, I've, I've made them and I look back at them now and I think, oh God, why did I do that? And then you, you change. How long did it take you to find where you're at today? Um, I mean, like, as far as the content that I'm making currently, uh, up until like six months ago, maybe. Okay, so I feel changes. like it's always, yeah. And for the past seven years, I've been posting videos like almost every day, if not every day, then every other day. Um, so I'm not even sure that I like would say myself, I have a specific style. Cause I guarantee that in like three months, I'll be on to something different and like progressively Beautiful. keep changing up from that. That keeps your audience interested too. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Love it. So great to have you on, Gregor. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time for this. I know we went a little over schedule, so I really appreciate Sorry. you being on and uh, <laughs> uh, answering our questions. It was really great to have you on. Um, uh, before we leave, uh, where can our listeners um, or subscribers follow you? Yeah, uh, at Gregor Reynolds on every single platform. Thank awesome. you guys so much for having me, by the way. This is awesome. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. We really appreciate you spending time with us, especially considering we went about 10 minutes over. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right. Take care, everybody. Thank you so much, Gregor. Aurora, awesome seeing you. Brian, awesome seeing you too. All right. Thanks, guys. Ooh.